0: If you have your Bibles, you follow. If you want to make notes, that's good. And the title of it is Let Thy Light Shine America. Let Thy Light Shine America. I'd like to say to the preachers and the preachers' wives and the mothers and the fathers, I believe America is in her darkest, most crucial hour. Now, we've been through hard places before, and we've been through strange places. America went through the Great Revolution which God gloriously gave us victory in. We made it through the Civil War by the grace of God, World War I, and of course World War II, Korea, and Vietnam. But uh, folks, we're coming down to something now. In America, uh, that's a little different. We, the enemy is not so far away now. It's right here in our midst in America. And unless we have a mighty visitation of God through the Spirit, I fear for our nation. I I fear for the heritage that God gave us, lest it be taken from us. So you listen tonight and pray. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew, if you will, chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 14. You're the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now that scripture is applicable to the individual to the church, to the nation, to the community, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. On July the 4th, 1776, the 13 colonies of Great Britain and America declared their independence of the mother country. The oppression and the tyranny of Great Britain could be tolerated no longer. The American colonies wanted to be free. We wanted freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom of religion, and freedom of assembly. For eight long years, our forefathers fought, dying and bleeding, that we might be free tonight under God. On April the 19th in 1783, George Washington declared the war at an end. The final treaty was signed September the 3rd, 1783. The Constitution was adopted as the supreme law of the land on June the 21st in 1788. After much prayer and seeking God's guidance, America set out to become the greatest nation under the sun. God smiled on this infant land. Progress was made by leaps and bounds. Freedom was glorious. And we became the symbol of the free people to the whole world. Truly, this land of America became the land of the free and the home of the brave. God blessed us more and more. We became the great spiritual leaders and symbol to the whole world. Revival fires burned. Missionaries went forth. Count meetings flourished. Churches sprang up. Industries boomed. Until we became the best fed spiritually and physically of all the people in the world. In Second Chronicles 26, what made Uzziah great and what made Uzziah prosper and how children God put his hand on him and used him is comparable to America in our infant days. If you'll take your Bibles and turn to Second Chronicles 26, verse 5, we find that Uzziah sought the Lord. And this is a picture of us in our infant days. He sought the Lord. Look at it, verse 5. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. America, as a young nation is its embryonic stage, sought the Lord for guidance, and God blessed her more and more. America soon became known as a Christian nation, a God-fearing nation. God raised up men of God to stand in the gap. And point America to God each time she began to drift away. As long as this nation sought the Lord, God prospered her. Look at verse 5 again, Second Chronicles 26. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. From a little hand, uh, handful of God-fearing pilgrims, America arose from adversity to awesomeness. We rose from basefulness to blessedness. We rose from commonplaceness to conciliatoriousness. We rose from despair to daring. Just as little Israel today faces an unfriendly warring world, and yet they're not afraid, but they're full of courage. So were we at one time. America feared no one. We stood on our two hind feet and dared the world to step on our toes. We believed in God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost. We believed in righteousness We believed in honesty. We believed in freedom. We believed in profit and gain from our labors. We believed in law and order. We believed in respecting the other man's property. We believed in morals. We believed in the punishment of the criminal and the protection of the citizen. We believed in a God-fearing, Christ-honoring heritage for our children. We believed in being the strongest physically, spiritually, and mentally of all other nations. We believed in having the biggest and the best army in the world. We believed in having the biggest and the best navy, the biggest and the best air force, coast guard, and marines. We believed in having the biggest and the best. We believed in strong discipline in every walk of our life. We believed that by so living, God would be honored and pleased. And so it was. As long as he sought the Lord, God would made him to prosper. America rose from an embryonic insignificant little nation to entrench greatness among the nations of the world. We rose from fainting to fame, from growth to greatness, from helplessness to honorableness. We rose from insignificance to immensity. We rose from juvenility to Jeffersonianism. We rose from kink to kingsman, from littleness to largeness, from minuteness to magnanimity, from naiveness to nationalism, from obscurity to objectivism. We rose from puniness to proudness, from quaking to quietness, from restlessness to revival, from setbacks to security. We rose from trouble to triumph, from uncertainty to, to uniformity. We rose from vacillation to victory, from weakness to wonderfulness, from xenophilia to excellence. We rose from the young to the true yokeful of the world. We rose from zero to zenith. All because we sought the Lord and honored God in our embryonic state. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this was America's track record as long as she sought the Lord. What made America great? What made America great? At one time, we were the light of the world. Our lights shined brighter, farther, more powerful, hopeful, more beautiful, and more blessed than all other lights. Among the nations of the world. We stood head and shoulders above the rest of the world. What made us great? What made us great? One little word. If you try real hard, you might memorize it and remember it next week. It's only got three letters in it. G-O-D. God. A little word, but an unlimited God. Think about it. What made America great? God. An unchanging God. That's what made us great. As long as America believed in an unchanging God and as long as we honored God, God honored us. And unless we come back to that, ladies and gentlemen, I fear for the future of our dear land. And the only thing in these dark hours that will keep you and me from going crazy. The only thing that would keep our nation from shipwreck would be once again a return to the God of our fathers. Thank God that we have an unchanging God. We believed in an unchanging God. We honored an unchanging God. We prayed to an unchanging God. We worshiped an unchanging God. We sang to an unchanging God. We believe that God was our God. And then He was an unchanging God. What God is now, He was yesterday. What God was yesterday, He is now. And what God will be tomorrow, He is now. And what God will be in the future, He was in the past. What He was in the past, He is today. And what He is today, He will forever be. He's an unchanging God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is eternally what He is, and He cannot change. He is God. He's God Almighty. Daniel 7, 9 said, I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did see it, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Thank God, ladies and gentlemen, we honored an unchanging God. And if we're going to ever be saved from the... Chaos that lies ahead, we must return to the God of our Fathers. God is unchangeable in His essence, God is unchangeable in His nature. God is unchangeable in His perfection. God is unchangeable in His attributes, God is unchangeable in His power. God is unchangeable in His decrees, God is unchangeable in His purpose. God is unchangeable in His grace. God is unchangeable. And as long as we served and honored this unchanging God, God blessed us more and more. God, ladies and gentlemen, is an unchanging God. God wants nothing. God loses nothing and God needs nothing. God is eternally self-satisfied in His eternal holiness. And, ladies and gentlemen, He self-existed in Himself. God does eternally unchangeably exist by himself without any new nature, without any new thought, without any new will, without any new purpose, without any new place, or without any new decree. God is immutable, everlastingly God of our very God. He's unchangeable. And as long as America honored that unchangeable God, ladies and gentlemen, God blessed us more and more and more. And I want you to know tonight that God will continue to bless us if we will come back to this God of our fathers. Years ago, I used to preach with a good, special friend of mine by the name of Evangelist Paul Stewart. Some years ago, he was preaching at a Fourth of July ceremony. And he gave some words about this great land of ours. As I continue this message, I'd like to insert a few of those words right here. He entitled it "God Bless America." Psalm sixty-seven: God be merciful unto us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, sealing that they that thy way may be known upon earth, and thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Oh, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for thou shalt judge the people righteously and govern the nations upon earth. Selah, let the people praise thee. Oh, God, let all the people praise thee. Then shall the earth yield her increase, and God, even our own God, shall bless us. God shall bless us, and all the ends of the earth shall fear Him. God bless America was one of the most popular slogans and mottos and songs of the Second World War. You folks that were living then and you men who were in the service and you mothers and fathers remember that the slogan of America was God bless America. It was sung in our churches. It towered from our skyscrapers. It decked our college chapels and adorned our synod houses. It was stamped upon emblems and woven in the banners. It swept the highways on automobile windshields. It soared the placid blue on airplane transports and plowed the seven seas with our merchant marines. It is indelible and undeniable that God has blessed America, the God of eternal peace, the God of history. And the God of infinity holds the destiny of the nations in the palms of His hands. The intelligent and benevolent, benevolent providence of God is clearly and plainly manifested that He reserved and preserved this magnificent continent of immeasurable and inexhaustible resources down across the ages until He had a prepared people to possess and populate this prepared land. And that's America. While Homer sang and Hannibal fought and Rome rose and fell, the mighty Mississippi rolled majestically toward the Gulf of Mexico unseen by civilized and Christianized man. The great Rocky Mountains towered to the sky unknown and unsung. Broad acres of the western prairie were uncultivated and unharvested. The cotton fields of Alabama The wheat fields of Kansas, the gold mines of Colorado, and the coal fields of Pennsylvania, and the oil wells of Texas were undiscovered and unutilized. This vast, unlimited reservoir of resources were the possession of a few uncouth and untutored savages. This miracle of preservation is nothing short of the gracious purpose of God in reserving an adequate place, for God to build a final and ultimate civilization. At last, a prepared people landed on the eastern shores of America. The clock of history on the walls of eternity struck the hour of destiny and a new civilization climbed above the western horizon. From the smoldering empires of Europe, across the watery waste of the Placid Deep in 1620, came our pilgrim fathers who believed in the open Bible. They landed in the Mayflower at Plymouth Rock, and there along the New England's rocky bound shores laid the foundation for the greatest nation beneath the gleaming sun of day and the stars of night. American history reads like a romance, sounds like a doxology, and looks like a panorama of bewitching and bewildering glory. What Canaan was to the old world, America is to the new world. The God who led the children of Israel by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night has guided and guarded America with an unerring eye and an untiring hand. There has been tense and crucial moments in our history, but God has blessed us and protected America. In the past, America has honored God and God has honored America. The infant republic was born in prayer. The Constitution was founded in prayer. The Declaration of Independence was signed in prayer. The Sip of state was lost in prayer. The Bible is the basis of our Constitution and the foundation of our government. The Bible is the source of our laws and the anchor of our liberties. Throughout the length and the breadth of our land, we find the signature and the handwriting of God. His words are written into our state papers quoted by our statesmen, imprinted on our money, and echoed the songs we sing and the literature that we read, the aspirations of our people. It is this, ladies and gentlemen, in the past that has put character in our statesmen and courage into our soldiers, justice into our government and conscience into our people. Yes, in the past we honored God and God has honored us. But we have sinned and grieved this God that has honored us so. And yet, God is still honoring and blessing America. Every day that we live, He honors this land. The goodness of God is being poured out that this nation would repent before the severity begins. God has honored us. But America has sinned. But God, a compassionate God of mercy and abounding grace, is still guarding and protecting and preserving America. One would have to be so blind as not to see light, so deaf that he could not hear thunder, so paralyzed that he could not feel an earthquake to not recognize the blessings of God upon America. America is the flower barrel of the economic world, the arsenal of democracy, the greatest military power in the assembly of nations, the lighthouse of spiritual illumination, of salvation for the whole world. America is the richest country in all the world. We have enough wood to house the world. We have enough coal to heat the world. We have enough water to irrigate the world. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And amen. We have enough corn to feed the world, enough cotton to clothe the world, and enough sugar to sweeten the world. Thank God for the United States of America. Benjamin Franklin was dining with a small group of distinguished gentlemen in our early embryonic days. There was a gentleman present from England and one from France. One of the gentlemen spoke up and said, I propose uh, uh, that we toast. There are three great nationalities represented here this evening as we dine, and I propose that we toast each other. The first one to rise was the Frenchman, and he said, I am French. My friend here is English, and Benjamin Franklin is an American. Let of each of us propose a toast. It was agreed to. And ladies and gentlemen, we find that as that meeting progressed and the toasts were made, the the Englishman rose first. He made the first toast. And here's what he said when he looked at Franklin and the Frenchman held his glass up and said, Here is the Great Britain, the sun that gives light to all the nations of the earth. The Frenchman was somewhat taken aback, but not to be outdone, he rose to his feet and offered this toast: Here is to France, the moon, whose magic way- rays moved the tides of the world. Benjamin Franklin then rose with an air of great modesty and said, Here is to our beloved George Washington, the Joshua of America, who commanded the moon and the sun to stand still, and they both obeyed Hallelujah. The story is told of a soldier boy, battle-scarred and homesick, on his way home in World War II. As the ship glided into harbor, the soldier looked up and saw the Statue of Liberty. And he said, old gal, I'm proud to see you. But sister, if you ever want to see me again, you'll have to turn around, for I never want to leave America one more time. Many years ago, a wise philosopher came to our country, seeking the secret, the secret of the genius and the greatness of this great land. And here's his answer. And he wrote these words: "I sought for the greatness and the genius of America in her commodious harbors, her ample rivers, but it wasn't there." I sought for the greatness and the genius of America in her fertile fields and her boundless forests, but it was not there. I sought for the greatness and the genius of America in her rich mines and her vast world commerce, but it was not there. I sought for the greatness and the genius of America in her Democratic Congress and her matchless Constitution, but it was not there. Not until I went into the churches of America and heard her pulpits aflame with righteousness did I understand the secret of her genius and her power. America is great because America is good. If America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. Yes. Think about it. I suppose it's because North America was settled by pilgrims In search of God. While South America was settled by soldiers in search of gold. From our humble, inconspicuous, unpretentious beginning, the 13 godly colonies became the greatest nation in all the world. Composed of 50 states stretching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. From the Great Lakes to the Gulf of Mexico. All this is beautifully and artistically revealed in the emblem, the symbol, the banner, the star-spangled banner, old glory as she waves over the land of the free and the home of the brave. The American flag, the American flag is the only symbol. And I want you to get this. The great American flag is the only symbol that holds this great nation together, this great republic, this great American flag. Now, this is the only symbol that holds this great republic together. And in each one of the 50 states can see itself in its own particular star. In the 13 stripes of red and white, we may all see the struggling and hard-pressed 13 colonies out of which this mighty nation came. And I'd love to serve notice on this crowd and every other shock poke in this nation that this flag is not a rainbow. How some of these uncircumcised and heart devils can run up and down this land, and the uh, news media give them front page coverage, and they run all over the world and hobnob with the devil and his crowd, and go to bed with Castro and that bunch of uncircumcised heart rascals, and then come back home and not be tried for treason, it's more than I can understand. Amen. The starry flag eloquently proclaims the birth and the life and the progress of this great republic of all times of all history. There's a history in this flag, children. Betsy Ross, out of a heart of love and lodged and liberty, sniffed and sold the first American flag. The stars and stripes became the symbol of our unity, of our honor, of our ideals, and of our aspirations as a nation. Sleep on, Betsy Ross. And may your ashes rest in peace beneath the pure white gleaming stars. Let your weary fingers which snipped and soaked the first American flag rest in peace forever. And you generals and admirals and captains and lieutenants and sergeants and corporals and soldiers and sailors and marines and pilots and gunners who in nearly every land and all the seven seas have paid the supreme sacrifice of love and devotion to God and country. May God, forever and forever, bless your memory, those who paid the supreme price. Many of you buried in foreign lands and in foreign seas, we cannot place a flower upon your grave. But we can salute this glorious flag for which you gave your all, for which you fought and bled and died on land and sea to keep this banner flying. We can salute it. Yes, we can. God help us to see it. Let Egypt have its dagger. You know, on the
1: on, son.
0: you know, on Egypt's flag, you have a dagger. Glory to God, i got it hey, Thank God for the stars and strife. Hey, Amen. Oh, thank God, thank God, thank
1: God.
0: Hey, Amen. Thank God, thank God for the stars and strife let Egypt have its dagger on its flag let Rome have its emblem let England have its Union Jack let Russia have its hammer and sickle but for these United States it's the stars and stripes forever hey! yes thank God it's the stars and stripes forever praise the good name of the Lord
1: Praise the Lord. Amen.
0: Let it float not only from arsenal and masthead, but from tower and steeple, from public edifice, from temples of science, from dwellings and places of worship. Let us fly each thread of the glorious tissues of our country's flag above our heartstrings. And let us resolve come will or woe, we will in life or in death stand by the stars and stripes forever.
1: Praise God. Thank God. Thank God.
0: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For the stars and stripes forever.
1: Blessed be the name of the
0: Lord. These stars and stripes this Great flag that God gave to a God-fearing people, and we must fight to keep it that way. (laughs) This flag has been unfurled, hallelujah, from the snows of Canada to the sun-kissed plains of New Orleans. It's been unfurled from Alaska to to the Great Lakes. It's been unfurled from Mexico to the Canadian border. From the golden gate where the sun retires to bid the world good night, to the ice-kept mountains of the north where the northern lights unfold in rainbow flames across the polar skies and kindle bonfires among the clouds. From sea to shining sea, it flings out the starry banner, the flag of hope, the flag of home, the flag of religious freedom. The flag that says all men can be free under God.
1: (laughs) Conceived
0: in the womb of a freedom-loving nation, cradled to the tune of a free democracy, wedded to the principles and purposes of justice and equity. America, no land in all the world is like thee. No government built on greater fundamentals. No people born to greater liberty and freedom. And no flag in all the earth, more glorious. Yeah. America, no land in all the world is like thee. No government built on greater fundamentals. No people born to greater liberty and freedom. And no flag in all the world, more glorious. Yeah. Hallelujah. America was built upon fundamental and, and unparishable convictions and principles. Thanks right. yeah. be unto God, as we associate beauty with the Greeks and civil law with the Romans, and ritualism with the Jews, so we associate living and freedom with the United States of America. In 1620, this great land was a free soul. In 1776, it was a free soul. In 1812, it was a free seat. In 1863, it was a free people. In 1896, it was a free hemisphere. In 1918, it was a free democracy. And God grant that it shall ever be, thank God, the land of the free and the home of the brave. When we think of the millions today in Europe, behind the Iron Curtain, under the tyrannical heel of dictatorship, we should thank God for the American flag and the liberty that it guarantees all the citizens of the United States of America. We still enjoy in this country the inalienable rights of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. We still have the constitutional rights of freedom of speech, freedom of press, and the priceless privilege of peaceful assembly and petition for regress of our grievances. We have the inalienable right to vote for God for home in our native land. We have religious freedom. We can worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, and no man dare to molest our make of afraid. If any alien nation should capture the United States, it would take away the natural God-given constitutional rights and privileges of the people. How earnestly we need to pray. How earnestly we need to pray. Long may our land be bright. With freedom's holy light protect us by thy might. Great God, our King. Oh, how we need to pray that away! God, help us to realize it tonight, folks. America has been made great because God made us great. Today, we need guns in America, but we need God more than we need the guns. We need cannons, but we need Christ more than cannons. We need bombs, but we need the Bible more than bombs. We need powder, but we need prayer more than powder. We need tanks, but we need truth more than we need tanks. We need grenades, but we need the gospel more than we need grenades. We need atomic bombs, but we need the atoning blood more than bombs. We need cash, but we need Christian character more than we need cash. May we so honor God in America today that God will continue to bless America so that our children and our grandchildren and their posterity might live in the same kind of America that you and I enjoy and appreciate today. God bless America. What made America great? you bear with me just a few moments. Let us take the word God. Make a brief acrostic out of what made America great. Under G in the letter God, what made America great? God's grace. God's grace. 1 Peter 5.10 But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto His eternal glory, the Christ Jesus. The grace of the Almighty God has made America great. We're justified by His grace. We stand in His grace. We're saved by His grace. We're elected by His grace. We're strengthened by His grace. We work by His grace. We grow in His grace. America, ladies and gentlemen, has been graced by the Almighty. What made America great under the letter G is God's guidance. Not only His grace, but God's guidance. And that's why tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that we have that great song, oh beautiful, for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plain. America America God shed his grace on thee, and crown thy hood with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. What made America great? God's guidance. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What made America great under the letter O in God is old-time religion. Old-time religion. No other nation under all the world was made great by old-time religion, but America was. You know the definition of old-time religion? It means like that of old times. Pure, undefiled, and unchanged. It means, ladies and gentlemen, that we have returned to the God of our fathers and we crown Him Lord of all. Praise the name of the Lord. America was made great under old-time preaching, old-time praying, old-time singing, old-time repentance, old-time conversions, old-time preachers preached until hell was angered, sin was exposed, hypocrisy was denounced, compromise was rebuked, the devil got mad. Hell was painted black and fearful. And as the everlasting and the of the Christ rejectors, and the liars and the drunkards, and the whore the effeminate men and the hell-raising women, old-time preachers preached until heaven bent low and man realized that earth had no solace, that heaven could not heal. Give me the old-time religion. It's good enough for me.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Isn't that wonderful? We could go on and on. Ladies and gentlemen, but I want to give you the letter D under, in the letter, in the word God. I want you to listen to us carefully. What made America great? Ladies and gentlemen, under the letter D in God, America was a nation of doers. D-O-E-R-S. We did something about it. We accepted the challenge. We didn't sit down and twiddle our thumbs and say the world owes us a religion. Our forefathers came in and dug us out a place to live in this wilderness. What they didn't have, they built with their own hands. And what they couldn't get, they learned to do without. And they didn't complain, but they went to their log cabin churches and sang amazing grace, how sweet the sound. They saved a wretch like me. They'd sing how firm a foundation you say to the Lord. Hallelujah. They did not give up. They became doers. We refused to sit and wait for others to feed us and to clothe us and to cheer for us. We dared hell and Britain and Spain and Germany and Japan and Russia and every other nation under the sun to stand on our our toes and take our liberty. Blessed be the name of the Lord.